0: If we really look at every single aspect that space or space technologies somehow affect, I don't think we can survive anymore. I think we're very highly dependent on
1: it. There is a lot of missions being planned by NASA, but there are also other countries, other space agencies that are planning missions to the moon. And in the longer term, also in the coming, I would say next uh, five to ten years, also going to Mars.
0: For me, that's really inspiring. It's something that uh, sparks imagination. And with that, you have progress.
2: You're listening to The is On with me, Connor Lennon. Okay, cards on the table, I'm a space geek. Mars missions, moon bases, the final frontier, space elevators, I love it all. I have a high tolerance for rubbish sci-fi movies and TV series. So Obviously, I was transfixed by the video of a NASA satellite smashing into an asteroid last week. And I follow the news about the latest plans for several countries to get involved in a new space race. Now, as we're in the middle of World Space Week, what better time to find out about the role the UN plays in this space, as it were. In the Austrian city of Vienna sits a whole office dedicated to the subject, the UN Office of Outer Space Affairs, or UNUSA, which was set up not long after the Soviet Union launched Sputnik, the first satellite to orbit the Earth back in the 50s. UNUSA's job is to advise the Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space, which currently has 100 state members. The resurgence of interest in space obviously raises a lot of questions, ranging from potential security threats to the commercial exploitation of moons and planets to pollution. The pollution problem was in the news recently when the Federal Communications Commission of the U.S. adopted tighter guidelines on getting rid of the growing number of out of Commission satellites that are a potential hazard to spacecraft. And last year, the International Space Station actually had to temporarily change orbit to get out of the way of a piece of debris dating back from the 90s. So I got on a call with Nicholas Hedman, the acting director of UNUSA, and asked him how big a problem space junk has become.
1: It is a real problem. And, and space debris has been on the agenda of this intergovernmental body, but also among all spacefaring nations, so space agencies, etc., all the operators of satellites, they are aware of this. And there is a genuine interest in trying to mitigate uh, the creation of, of, of space debris and see how we in the future with a huge number, I would say an increase in the objects that are being deployed in orbits around the Earth, which is a concern, because the more objects you place in orbit, of course, the probability of a collision is, gets higher. Okay, and this is a constant uh, issue on the table and uh, the space community at large is really looking into this, not only for, from a governmental perspective, but also non-governmental entities like the private operators, because there is a lot of companies today, private companies and commercial companies that are actually operating satellites and performing space activities. And they are also important stakeholders in all this equation. And they are also constantly looking into this and trying to see how we can promote a long-term sustainability of the operations we are conducting in orbits around the Earth.
2: And that that must be making the work of UNUSA much more complicated. We have more and more countries who want to get involved and send people up to space. And also more and more companies, as you said, private companies that want to get involved. And obviously they're doing it for commercial gain. So, what does that mean in terms of the changes to your organisation? Are you expecting the organisation to be growing and uh, taking on more committees and issues as the years go by?
1: Member states have the decision-making power. Private sector entities, like industry and commercial companies, they don't have a seat at the table in those intergovernmental in bodies of the committee and its two subcommittees, but There is really a a, a push, I would say, from member states to to still be aware of the need for governments and their companies under their jurisdiction to coordinate and for the governments, honestly speaking, for the governments to legislate and hold some sort of supervision of private activities under their jurisdiction. So there is a constant dialogue we see over the only the past few years, more developing countries, smaller developing countries, emerging space nations that are now ready to deploy their first satellite in orbit, et cetera. By doing that, they actually become spacefaring, and they also have to pay attention to space debris mitigation, as we talked about earlier, and responsible uh, space activities from the government side. Uh, so there is a lot of, of such discussions and such focus going on in this intergovernmental body and the awareness is clearly there that governments and private entities under their jurisdiction, they need to to cooperate in because it's all about sustainable activities in the long run.
2: And there was recently an incident of a satellite crashing to earth and uh, causing some damage. Was that something that, um, that came up in UNUSA?
1: Well, yes, I would say when you, when you talk about uh, space objects um, that are n- uh, not any longer functional, so uh, non-functional objects of whatever size, if, if they survive, they're entering into the atmosphere and they would survive that entry and they would crash on planet Earth. Obviously, that is a concern, uh, particularly to the country where it would uh, then impact. And uh, there is actually, quite interestingly enough, a a legally binding uh, convention from uh, from the 60s, 68, the uh, rescue and return agreement, which really establishes what, uh, what you have to do in case of astronauts that land on the territory of a foreign country or when a piece of a spacecraft is actually crash landing on a territory of another state. So that regulates, you know, how to return the astronauts, obviously, and also how to identify and return the metal pieces that have survived re-entry. So, yes, that is a, a constant issue, and we receive this office is mandated to uh, maintain the central register of objects launched into outer space. So uh, on our website, we have that register. It's open source where you can find all the satellites that have been registered with the United Nations in accordance with also a legally binding instrument, the registration convention from 1975. And we also maintain a repository of Submissions, you know, notifications from countries where they have discovered a piece of a spacecraft that has landed on, I mean, crash landed on its territory. So that is pretty much regulated, and which means also that there is a dialogue between countries. They are aware of this, so there is a system for taking care of that matter. What I uh, addressed is more the creation of space debris that would remain in orbit that is a constant dilemma for the space community if space debris is being created. So there is a collision between spacecrafts, there is uh, also uh, intentional destruction of a satellite, and uh, there would be a situation where there could be too much debris in a certain orbit, so it would make it more difficult to deploy and operate functional satellites. So that is a constant dialogue among the major space firing nations. And for that sake, all the hundreds member states of this committee, COOPUS, are constantly dis- discussing how to cooperate and coordinate this better.
2: Turning to the moon, we've heard, of course, about the US Space Agency, NASA's plans to actually establish a, um, a permanent moon base and this raises all sorts of questions about how the territory of the moon could be split up whether between countries or private companies taking a stake um is how advanced are these kind of negotiations and discussions at the un so basically um outer
1: space is uh without uh you know, territorial uh, sovereignty or jurisdiction. So it, it's uh, it's like the high seas, if you put it that way, to make it simple. And the Moon, the rules for the Moon, according to the Outer Space Treaty, also applies to other celestial bodies. So there you have asteroids and you have the planets and the Moons in the outer solar system. Now we see, of course, as we know, we see now a really a, a, a new focus on the Moon particularly, but also on Mars. So there is a lot of missions being planned. And and you mentioned uh, NASA, but there are also other countries, other space agencies that are planning missions to the moon. And in the longer term, also in the coming, I would say, next uh, five to 10 years, also going to Mars for sample returns, uh, etc. What is interesting in, in the whole issue of space exploration of planetary bodies is, as you alluded to, Uh, commercial activities in uh, in mining, the utilization of space resources- because that is something that is also being debated now. And I can tell you that this year, in fact, uh, the legal subcommittee- when it held held its uh, session earlier this year, established a working group- under a five-year timeline to really discuss in this intergovernmental body- among those hundred uh, member states- Uh, what to do, how to coordinate, how to cooperate, and what is needed to be observed when we are now moving into, I would say, a new era of planetary engagement. So there is a lot of focus on the moon and other celestial bodies, and that is really now being debated in this intergovernmental body.
2: The cost of sending someone up on on an orbital or a suborbital flight is going down all the time. Someone in your position surely must be very excited about the idea of going up yourself. Do you think you will get to go up or do you already have your ticket?
1: (laughs) No, I think I stay on Earth, uh, honestly speaking. Uh, I'm not uh, that interested in going into space. Others
2: can do that. I'm happy to go in your place. (laughs) Absolutely. Nicholas Hedman, the head of the UN Office for Outer Space Affairs, who I think just offered me his ticket to space. I guess it's just lost in the mail right now. Now, as I said earlier in this episode, it's currently World Space Week. This is a UN event which celebrates the contributions of space science and technology to the betterment of the human condition. This year's theme is space and sustainability. So there's a focus on how the tech can help us better understand climate change. There are thousands of space education and outreach events taking place in 96 nations and the World Space Week Association has an eye across all of them. Marushka Stra is the executive director of the association.
0: The mission of World Space Week is to really bring space closer to the public and, and to people. To educate them, to um, to showcase what's happening in the space sector and again that this is something they could be a part of. Every year, our board of directors selects a theme for World Space Week, and this year the theme is space and sustainability. We're going to see a number of events that will be that will be really interesting and it will be very much future-oriented. As in, um, how can we use space-related technologies and applications for the benefit of life on Earth? Also, how we can um, how we must protect space as a as a resource. The US Vice President Kamala Harris announced a new coalition of space companies that will focus on increasing the space industry's capacity to meet the demand for for skilled technical workforce in in the space sector. We know that several space agencies include, including Azercosmos from Azerbaijan are planning um events throughout the week. We've seen in the calendar um, a large number of events happening in in Pakistan already, which was also number one event organizer last year during um, World Space Week 2021 and Women in Space. We know that the European Space Week is happening, so there's really a mix of of events.
2: What is it that excites you? For me, it's very simple.
0: Um, it's it's the only sector I I ever came across that involves everyone, and everyone has a chance, and everyone is needed. I don't think that we can, as humanity, go to space and take the issues we have here with us. I think we have to overcome them. I think conflicts have to be solved. I think everyone is needed. I would like to, if I ever travel to space, I don't want to just sit in a rocket and 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 end up on another planet. I would like poets with me. Um I want to see artists create create amazing art based on what we see. So I think there's really a space for everyone, And for me, that's really inspiring. it's it It's something that uh, sparks imagination, and with that, you have progress. It's also progress here. And this was one of the main reasons why we selected space and sustainability to be to be this year's theme, because space technologies and applications directly benefit humanity. Out of 17 sustainable development goals uh, that have 169 targets uh, identified, 65 directly benefit uh, from space technologies. And this is not even counting telecommunications. So if we really look at every single aspect that space or space technologies somehow affect, I don't think we can we can uh, survive anymore. I think we're very highly dependent on it. And I see, um, I see beauty in that.
2: Marushka Stra, the head of World Space Week, giving me hope that even without any discernible scientific abilities, I might be able to get into space after all. Here's hoping. You've been listening to The Lid is On, the UN flagship news podcast. And on next week's show, we'll turn our attention to the battle to rid the world of poverty. 17th of October 2022 marks 30 years of the International Day for the Eradication of Poverty. The world has got richer over the past three decades, but so has inequality. I'll be speaking to a prominent activist who's fighting to help desperately poor people in New York, which is reportedly the richest city in the richest country in the world. I'm Conor Lennon and this is The Lid is On. You can find us on all the main podcast platforms. So if you haven't already, please like and subscribe. Have a great week.